Welcome back to another episode of Two Woods and Four Quarters, a Harlequins podcast. My name is Michael, and if any of you were watching BT Sport on the weekend or watching any form of social media, you will know fully who I'm sitting with. It's my cousin Will, the most famous man in Castra. How are you, mate? I've got nothing but the most unbelievable amount of FOMO from you this weekend, and we'll go into a bit more detail later on. But how are you initially? How was the travel? How are you feeling? Hungover? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> um, I'm sat here next to my day two COVID test, and all I've got is a, a two-day hangover. So nice. it's tough, but it was it was well worth it um saturday night was just any any big kind of night out you'd expect anywhere in england it was wicked um all the quinn's fans flooded to the key little irish bar in castra probably one of only three bars so that made it much easier for everyone to get together um and i'd argue i'm probably not the most famous man in castra this weekend i'd i'd make a case for marcus smith's dad who was in the key on saturday night wearing nothing but his his quinn's waistcoat which was sensational oh. by the way there was some great Quinn stash knocking around which I'll talk through in a little bit because I definitely want to get my hands on some of it but yeah it was early hours in the morning waistcoat on giving it the big and everybody was having such a good time but not to rub it in mate I'm I'm my health isn't great if that makes you feel better not massively um <laughs> for those of you that obviously didn't see I had to pull out of the cast trip sort of midweek um for various reasons as did lots of people, by the way. As there, a, yeah, there was supposed to be yeah. 200, and I think, don't want to be harsh on us, but I think there was maybe about 60. Yeah. Um, but, so a huge dropout rate, but the noise that which, was made and everyone that went was just so happy to be there and to get through all the obstacles of COVID tests and passes yeah. and forms. Everyone was just so buzzing to be there that it was full send. I had so much respect for the people that did do it because, because of work and the extra admin and the testing and all the money and blah, 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 all that all that nonsense i just couldn't sort of have make make it feasible and make it manageable but you know that's why i was so upset that i couldn't do it because oh, I knew that other people man, i was i was so bad the worst thing about this is i was so gutted about actually having to mess you and tell me i was like oh god we've been looking for this for so long and it's gonna be such a tough message to send and it was i was so trying long. to avoid messaging you as much as possible i was there were so many things i had typed out or a photo ready to send and click but uh, i refrained from doing it the FOMO was outrageous, but well, hopefully we'll we'll live it we'll live it together in the next sort of forty five minutes or so. I think we'll all live it together now. It's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to this one. You know. Yeah. Well, mate, you. I mean, look, we'll talk about the game um, a little bit later on. But talk us through. I mean, when, when did you fly? The Saturday morning. <laughs> well, funny. It was a it was a Saturday afternoon flight, but we left our house here at 9am to go collect my mate Bozy, who, yeah. who isn't even really a proper Quinns fan but he fully embraced <laughs> the whole tour he Bozy's brilliant he'll just get up for anything he's probably one of my only mates he can rely on to put his hand up and get involved with something and he's definitely an adopted Quinns fan now he, he had a great well, time as well I'm gonna quickly interject about Bozy because I got I think about three or four messages this weekend saying Mate, Will's done a brilliant job binning you from the podcast. Bozy seems like a much better lad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he got a few comments out there, actually. He got a few his, comments out there. there was his one chat looks way better. <laughs> his chat's definitely not way better. Uh, it's not a high bar, let's be honest, mate, but his chat no. is definitely not better. Um, he even got described as the backbone of the podcast at one point. The backbone and, of the podcast. And yeah. Bozy under pressure isn't the best, and he, he just couldn't really get his head around it, didn't know how to react. <laughs> it was fantastic viewing. 
Um, but no, yeah. he, he was on top form. In, in terms of my traveling party, it was going to be nine of us, obviously, including yourself and a few friends. Um, and my brother was going to come as well, but he, he dropped out. Um, so it was just me, my dad and Bozy. And it was a good little crew in the end, you know, because yeah. what happened was there was lots of bigger groups like us as a nine who had been depleted and, and battered by COVID, which meant all of the people out there who kind of stripped back to a smaller group. We sort of formed this super group of Quinn's <laughs> Ultras <laughs> at the top tier of uh, the Stad Pierre Fab, um, which was brilliant. So I'll, I'll shout a few of them out, actually. One of them is my mate's cousin, um, Austin, who I've met before, and he was there. He's, uh, I think he's at Nottingham Trent Uni, he was saying. And he went with a couple of mates, Harvey and Woodley, and, and they were brilliant for him. They were, they were good fun. Um we actually, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but we managed to, after the game, a few beers. The French have no rules. They, all the stewards had cleared off, so I managed to get on the pitch and get a, a Champions Cup corner flag, which I thought at 25 years old, I'm not going to have much of a purpose for this in my bedroom. So I, I gifted it to, to Harvey and he's going to take it off to uni with him. So actually the plan for that, which you will definitely get up for, big game they're going to convert that corner flag into a beer funnel they're going to get some hose pipe oh, run it through it and big game there's going to be a few beer funnels going on out on the concourse <laughs> the wonderful yeah I'll be, I'll, yeah wonderful i'll be there for that that is merch that is memorabilia that is good stash good stash and you also had the um you still had your streak on the pitch dive under the sticks <laughs> recreated a gen from two or three years ago we did do that i got egged on for that as well i, I really wasn't I'm, I'm sure it was really, really difficult to convince you to as well. Oh, God, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I was fully up for it. You know what happened is because we were all down in that front area by the tunnel and the players had come out afterwards, had a chat with us. Thomas did his interview on BT Sport, literally a couple of metres away. If you've watched it back, you'd probably be able to hear us singing songs and, and saying, have you ever seen Thomas chop a pint? Um, yeah. Which I still haven't seen, by the way. So <laughs> we'll keep that one going. Um, and then Marcus came down. All his family was out there watching the game. So I think he's got his... I'm, I'm probably get this wrong but i think his aunties live somewhere in france or maybe spain who drove over for it and then of course the rest of his family uk base were out there and actually we had really good fun with with his brother tom and a few of his mates as well will danny and kit they were part of our little hybrid quinn's ultras group um definitely in the key before and after the game and, and at certain points in the stadium as well so we were all down there um i just got the corner flag and lobbed it over and and all the lads had legged it thinking that they were trying to get it back off us the stewards but the stewards were nowhere to be seen so they legged it to the pub and we stuck around for a little bit i thought you know what this is this is game on here Jouet, there's a try to be scored so yeah straight in on the post and it says a lot when you think you can still play rugby and all i did was run 25 meters across under the sticks dived over the line completely ruined my jeans but i've also got about four different cuts on my arm which I'm guessing is from like, look at this one, which I'm guessing is like from sand or something underneath. Yeah. I don't know. Or it's from the inflatable trophy, which sits behind me right now and just getting a sharp corner of that. But yeah, I'm definitely not cut out for it anymore. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I was just like, I've seen this before. And I was watching the game, which we'll talk about in a minute because the game actually is a spectacle. wasn't much to behold. And you can just hear like bits of patter on the TV. And then the camera pans round, and I can see you and Bozy and my uncle. See your dad just sitting there. And I'm like, oh, God. I'd do, do anything to have my top off, waving it around my head. 
it was so it was so tough to watch and off the game yeah, so off, but... if you love the Quinn shirt yeah. so off. If you love the Quinn shirts off. Had a, I mean, if I you had love a, um, the Quinns. <laughs> had a couple of messages, obviously, saying, oh, Will, well done putting Michael off the pod. Bose is a better lad anyway. Like, we'll do way better with it. I also had a two, uh, two messages from my close mates who have also obviously met my dad that were watching it on the TV and both texted me or sent me, called me saying, your uncle's a much better lad than your dad. The trophy's oh, no, just falling over in the, the background. The, the <laughs> you didn't write it. The trophy, oh, that's the not an omen. The trophies, the trophies, what's the, what's the word? Deflating. Yeah, and you know what? That's probably from me diving on it over the line. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. it's part it's part of the story, isn't it? Speaking of stash and, and things coming away from it, we didn't just get a corner flag. Marcus Smith's Champions Cup patch was sort of falling off his sleeve. As he was going around speaking to everyone, I, I saw it and I thought, you know what? That'd be quite fun to, to get hold of and maybe do some kind of merch with it. So here it is. I've got the Champions Cup patch. It didn't rip off. So- didn't rip so off massively weird. cleaner. It says it says the Champio Cup, which I the think Champio got a nice Cup. twist to it. Yeah, a bit of um, a bit of European flair added. Um, need to think of something I can do with this because I really love the idea of the flagpole being converted to a beer funnel. I don't know what you can do with the patch, but it's here waiting. Somebody suggested get this into a bucket hat, which I think is a cool idea. A Quinn's bucket hat nice. or budgies. Budgies, yeah. Oh, speaking of budgies, I don't know. if Apparently, this is a thing he does every game, but. After Marcus had spoken to everybody, he just whipped off his shorts, handed it to someone in the crowd, and then went running off in his budgies. And apparently that's something he does most match days is, is give his shorts away. I don't know well, if someone's pulling that. my leg there or winding me up, but... I, I saw the photo of him on social media with Dommers and Danny yeah, yeah. in a pair of budgies, but I wasn't sure. I didn't know about the... Uh, yeah, I didn't know how it came about. But um, a couple of the lads, I think it was a French person that had got them because a bit of French culture, which I had no idea about, is they love a swap. So if, if they see something that you've yeah. got and they like it, they will try and find something that, that they've got that you can trade with them. So um, there's a few Castro flags knocking around in the Quinns ranks now from a trade. Um, one of our lads, Austin, wanted to go and get Marcus's shorts and was trying to trade him the Quinns bucket hat. But the, obviously the fam was like, no, thanks. I'd rather keep Marcus's shorts than your sweaty bucket hat. <laughs> <laughs> I got, you've got to admire the ambition. Got the... Uh, Classic plastic cup, probably not that impressive given you get them every match day, but yeah. we've got about 20 of them. So we thought that was a little bit more impressive. Yeah. And then a little tradition that me and my dad always do any any trip away, actually, not just match day. I always get a little fridge magnet. So yeah, you do that, don't you? Unfortunately, Castro didn't have any because I don't know how to describe Castro to you, mate. You obviously you live in Teddington. It's yeah. probably it's probably the same in size, but in terms of footfall and traffic, it is non-existent really i think there was one train in and one train out every day <laughs> which everyone was getting on to, which everyone was getting on to the airport <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was yeah it was very very quiet until we rocked up they had a yeah. beautiful market square actually that's pretty much all there was to do in in castro is they had this amazing market square which just had bars and restaurants dotted all around it but what they'd done for christmas is obviously it was like a winter wonderland sort of mini market there was a little train going around on it Nice. Um, beautiful Christmas trees everywhere covered in fake snow. There's little pop-up cabins that do like the mulled wine and, and the the German hot dogs and things like that. It was amazing. And the Sunday morning before the game, all the players were just milling around, just going around the market. You had Danny, Cheers, Will Edwards sat having a coffee in one of the bars. And then they all yeah, saw that. off for a match day, which was quite cool. So, I mean, it was inevitable we'd see them because there was nothing else to do <laughs> apart from the key, which got done every single night. 
and then that little Christmas square which got done every breakfast or lunchtime yeah. probably more likely but no it was brilliant in terms of the actual game I don't want to talk too long about the actual rugby of it because it was fairly average but what was the atmosphere in the stadium live obviously just I don't know I've never been to the stadium and you've done a few away days in terms of the actual yeah. sort of venue and stuff what was that like it was, I'll tell you what, it was one of the best rugby experiences I've had. Not necessarily because of, it, was, it wasn't it was a packed out house. Obviously, COVID's hit France as well. There was a lot of empty seats, particularly around us, because we'd got a Quinn's allocation and not everyone yeah. could fulfil it. So, But walking to the ground, it's just a nice long road leading up to the corner of one of the, side, the stands on the side, where there was, I think it was the East Stand. Yeah. And you've got this massive welcome to the stand, uh, stand Pierre Fab, whatever it's called. And it was beautifully well lit. They had a live band directly underneath it. So the first thing you do when you walk in is you've got this outdoor bar, this live band, and you had a few Castro fans there with drums. And we were obviously very pissed at this point. It was just getting into that evening time where it wasn't cold yet. Everyone had had a drink. It was a beautiful setting with all the lights. And we're having a song and a dance. The Castro fans are getting involved with us. We're getting photos with them. Just brilliant rugby community. And we sort of wander through the side gate into the, the concourse area on the side of the pitch where the players are doing their warm-up right in front of us. We're having a chat with Tabai. He's getting peppered by high kicks, trying to take them all. It was quite a greasy surface and he dropped one and we just got into him <laughs> and he was loving it to be fair. And then the second attempt, he already had a ball in one arm. He threw it up in the air, caught the ball that Mark had just kicked and then caught the second one that he'd thrown in the air. And he just turns and gives us this stare as if to say, yeah, did you see that one? It was great. So we had a good bit what of chat with him. A few chants to Lewis Liner, which he loved. Danny Kerr absolutely loved his chant. Obviously, he's a man that, that loves a bit of a bit of fame. And to get his name chanted before the game, he was he was lapping that up. What um, was Danny Kerr's one? Oh, come on, mate. You know it. Danny. What? Danny Kerr. All oh, right. Yeah, but I thought, I thought it was that. I just didn't know whether there was a... Yeah, no, there wasn't any new... Well, there was a few new ones. The Lewis Liner one, which is one of the least creative songs we've come up with, but easily one <laughs> yeah. of the best well-received. Everybody yeah. getting involved, arms flying up and down. Lewis Liner. They enjoyed that one as well. Um, but yeah, as a setting, the stadium was beautiful. It was amazing. It was a really steep stand. So you had this incredible full view of the pitch. And they almost had like this semicircle at the end of each stairwell. So it was like a viewing platform. So oh, after the game, we just kind of flooded that and then realised <laughs> what we're doing. There's no one else here. Let's just go down to pitch level. Um, classic French seats didn't have a backrest to it. It was just sort of a... Like a sort of church pew almost. Yeah, like a little perch to sit on, which no one really sat on because we were stood up most of the game, um, which was great. It was such a good atmosphere. I think there was a few sort of traditionalists in there, Quinns fans who maybe weren't there for the the loud chanting and cheering and, and yeah. shirts above the head swinging, which is absolutely fine as well. I hope we didn't ruin their experience, but we, we had a brilliant time. Really, really enjoyed it. And we've already got a hell of a squad forming for Cardiff and it's just a train away. It could be very big numbers. Friday night as well. Friday night as well. I'll probably take the day off. Yeah, it'd be wicked. Then the game... I'm going to hand this over to you, mate. I don't yeah. remember too much of it. I remember Lewis Liner's try because it was right down in front of us. And then I remember yeah. Dommers breaking through. That's about, that's about battle there is, to be fair. Um, obviously, they... I've, got, I've got a question for you then because I read a tweet that we put out of Erda Paletta throwing Smith to the ground and then Tyrone Green threw Erda Paletta to the ground in response and the penalty. Uh, over. Completely missed that. No idea yeah. what happened. What was that? Not, 
lot of lows. The ball goes out of play, and one of them sort of, yeah, the, the ten, no, the pletter, whatever his name was, sort of nudges Marcus over the ball to try and access the ball to take it sort of quickly, and then Tyrone Green didn't sort of take a liking to it, so shoved him back. And I, yeah, love pretty, that. I didn't think Ty had that in him. It was pretty. It was pretty, pretty minimal to be fair. Oh, really? One thing you, one thing you might have missed actually, and I actually almost missed it at the time. I don't know if you were aware of the scrum half and the fly half comments to the referee during the game. Wait, theirs, I'm assuming. Theirs, yeah. No, no idea. Cocker. I mean, I, I, do you know what? I was actually watching it's it at the time. Cockett. I was actually watching it at the time with my housemate, my housemate's girlfriend, um, and we were sort of chatting as the game was going because it wasn't the most amount, like entertaining game going on. I was conscious of not I was having them just sitting there boringly being quiet while I was watching the game. But there was um, a moment where the commentators were saying, oh, you can't say the, the referee, it's not in our game, that kind of thing. So I think there was a moment where the referee could have, obviously having seen Luke Pierce do it a couple of weeks ago, probably could have marched him back or even given him a yellow card for some of the comments made towards oh, the official. Really? So, yeah, so I, I didn't actually catch exactly what you said. I was, was going to say anything you can repeat. <laughs> no, but there was there was some stuff on Twitter about it because as I was scrolling through, there was people going, oh my God, that's disgraceful. So I actually don't know what was said. Mm. Um, might, be, might be worth going back and seeing if there's a full replay on it. But um, yeah, I missed it at the time because I was watching it on my laptop. I couldn't like rewind it and sort of catch what was said. But that was the moment. It was interesting. Something of interest through the game. Um, One thing one we was... didn't clock in the crowd for Lewis Linus' yeah. try, we didn't quite realise the skill of Danny Kerr's little tap on. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah. was sensational, I mean, wasn't it? I yeah, had no idea that that was how the try was finished. I mean, obviously Hugh Tizard coming into the match day squad late after Dino Lamb didn't sort of pull out, pull through fit. Did he so, travel, Dino? Because uh, I didn't see him all day or all weekend. No, good question. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Um, there wasn't any mention of him. I didn't see him on any cameras or anything. So maybe he didn't travel. Um I thought Tiz so, had a good game, actually. Yeah, Tiz was Real very, flow very to good. Dommers. Yeah, and um, and obviously he was one that ripped it for get the ball to Danny to then obviously we score in the corner. Um, George Hammond came onto the onto the bench. But yeah, obviously, mate. Other than that, there wasn't a huge amount to really worry about. I thought we were excellent at scrum time. Um, Will Collier and Joe Marler were really, really, really sort of scrummaging brilliantly at the minute. The lineouts a bit of a worry. We haven't really fired at lineout time the last two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, other than that, not a huge amount to report. How how do you fix that though the line out because I feel like we've we're a bit of a broken record now talking about this most weeks. I don't know maybe maybe it's as simple as having Matt Simons back. You know the general maybe. we call him we've called him the general for weeks and months. So maybe it's yeah. as simple as having having somebody like him back. I love the idea of a um, consultant. Like you don't need to rip up the whole the whole plan and get new coaches in or get new players in. Just get a consultant in. It's going to make people look at things differently or try different things. That could be the answer. I don't understand why out. clubs don't do more of that. Line out specialist. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> what about George of... Robson? Not to play, yeah, as the, the lineout specialist, the goat man. The goat. But yeah, I'm sort of just quietly sort of looking down the team sheet, and I'm just trying to pick out anyone that did anything really outstanding in the game. Who got man of the match? Was it Domers? He did the interview. Who got, who got man of the match? So this is actually something they did during the game, um, and obviously there was the TV viewings on it were done by the French broadcasters. So obviously BT were just using their broadcast. Did they give it to a Castro player? It was given to the Castro number 13, whose name is Combezu. Right. Well played, son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did he score? Was... No. All right. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Genuinely, it was hilarious. Because I was like, I was obviously watched them. Um... I have to look actually. Obviously, Joe Brachio at Rugby Quinns does a... Um... 
a man of the match poll every time they, every does, time we yeah, play. I like that. Um, and I've always I'm always actually interested to see how that sort of pans out. But yeah, as I was watching the game, I think they announced it in like the 75th or 76th minute, and it was just like I mean, obviously I don't. The know. game was still in the balance at that time, by the way. Yeah, well, we were sat in the stands having given it the big one all game. When I say giving it the big one, I don't mean in a cocky way. We were, we were having a brilliant time just singing and chanting for our boys, but. When it got to the 77th minute, I went into classic Quinn's mode thinking, oh shit, we could lose this. We're two points ahead. We're playing in our own half. Any penalty now, and we've lost the game. So uh, all of a sudden I thought, oh no, this could this could really damage the trip. It could really damage our Sunday night. So it was so good to see it through. And we had the most drunken walk back to a kebab shop with, with Nikki and Hillary, who I've spoken to a few times in the bar as well. I can't remember how long it took us to get to the key, but... At Castra, they do this brilliant thing where they serve that you can buy a jug. Obviously, you do the super pints at Quinn's, which is like a three yeah. pints in one, but the jugs the were just <laughs> they were proper jugs, They're proper queue buster. Um, not nice. that there was ever a queue, but we were right top tier of, of the stand. So we thought, you know what, we'll get a jug in, stock up for the game, half time, get a few more jugs in. And yeah, it completely killed us, not gonna lie. Sunday was tough. What was um what was the Castra kebab like? Oh, what did I have? Uh, mate, I've not even been dramatic. I genuinely cannot remember what I had. What, <laughs> what I do remember having is one of those Oasis tropical drinks. And it's not oh, yeah? like the British version of Oasis. It's like a proper French one where it's an orange colour, not a yellow colour, full of sugar, exactly yeah. what I needed. And I just remember having a real moment sipping away at it. Like, this is this is the most sensational drink I've ever drunk in my entire life. That's what I remember from the kebab shop. Well... Of anything to remember from a kebab shop. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's worse kebab shop memories. I'm trying to think, we're going to exp- out of interest. Joe Marlow was man of the match, 56% on the Rugby Quinns poll. So, yeah. I'm Who was second? Like that. Uh, Will Collier. So, both the boys in the front row. <laughs> yeah, on, fair enough. On, that sums up the game, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Danny Kerr with 5%, Marcus with 8%. So that pretty yeah. much sums up. What it's worth talking about, though, is it's a scrappy win. And we, would, we it's nice to win ugly, having lost four of our yeah. last six. Away Absolutely. on the road in France is never easy. They haven't no. lost at home yeah, in the is... European Cup since 2015. Who else beat them on that day? The mighty Harlequins from South yeah. West London. So it was I quite funny we'll actually that. watching those clips online for over social media over the last sort of week or so. Guys like Charlie Walker running in tries yeah. in the corner. Charlie Matthews um, in the second that, row. It's Charlie Matthews in the second row. A Loffer, a Loffer, I think, was playing at 13 that day. Um, but yeah, no, that was cool. But yeah, that's a nice sort of weird stat, isn't it? You haven't lost at home in the European Cup in five or six years and it's Quinns that sort of come full circle and do it again but yeah, yeah job did, done isn't enough. it yeah absolutely job, job done. done we did enough it wasn't brilliant there were some good performances you know those those boys in the front row she tears I've came off the bench a couple of moments of magic you know Danny's little tap at the back to Lewis Liner his try scoring record continues Domer's yeah. cuts a brilliant line goes goes under the sticks and we just do enough to get take the take the points and you know just glad that everyone actually went and managed to did- fully embrace and fully enjoy weekends Oh, 100%. Did we pick up any injuries? I saw Andre came off, but I noticed we've started doing that a little bit more to share minutes round and probably manage his time. But I don't no, think I'd... I recall any injuries that we had. No, I don't, don't think so. No, there was nothing. Nothing really came. Just Dino before the game had even started then. Yeah. That's all right. That's that's damage limitation, isn't it? A tough place to go. Yeah. And if Dino's... I think you're right. If you haven't seen him there over the sort of weekend I assume that means he hasn't travelled which means it's probably just you know you mate, you're not going to be fit let's get someone else a game we've got plenty of depth for the second row we've still got Matt Simons to come back as well so yeah not too worried about that at all 
Exactly. The other thing I was thinking is, um, I say damage limitation in terms of injuries, but there's obviously been lots of reports of COVID cases in football over the past week. Yeah, with what's Jesus. happened with the United Rugby Championship sides like Munster and Car- uh, yeah, Cardiff and the Scarlets yeah. who have had to field academy sides. I do wonder if there's an element of... I was kind of expecting an element of a few of our bigger names to be left home in case yeah. we need to split our squad into two should a lot of our players have to isolate on the way back now. But I haven't seen anything yet. It looks like we're all good, we're all clear, which is absolutely brilliant. Health's obviously the main thing for everybody. But I did wonder maybe they thought if anyone's got a slight knock, we'll leave them at home because it's not worth taking them if they've got a slight knock. And if yeah. we end up needing them next week, they're going to need to play a lot of minutes. The likes of Northmore, Marchant, Steele, Dino, potentially even Matt Simons as well. So, yeah, no, it's, it's... It, actually as a team who didn't travel, we've still got a pretty decent squad to put out should we need it. But Touchwood doesn't come to it. It's, it is so true. Um, I mean, I saw something this morning on Sport Bible on Instagram, which I, of course is not the most reliable news outlet, but huge <laughs> news from last night. Premier League, Premier League clubs fear this season could be shut down due to rapid spread of Omicron and slow vaccination rates among players. The league announced 42 cases last night, a record for a single week. So, I mean, my, my old man was meant to have tickets for Brighton and Spurs the other week. Oh, yeah. Um, I've got tickets for Brighton and Brentford on Boxing Day. Man United, Brentford's off as well, isn't it? Exactly. Man United, Brentford's off. And obviously, you know, we've got Cardiff, who have been one of the high profiles of professional mm. rugby for people that have been stuck in isolation and stuck in different countries and travel routes home and all this kind of stuff. And then obviously we've got... Got that next. Know, and then we've got we've got them next. And we've also got my favourite day of the whole calendar year coming up on the 27th, mm. the big game of which they're nearly getting to the point now where it's up to 70,000 tickets sold. And can you imagine the horror... Yeah. If that was to get cancelled, not only from a financial point of view for the club, I don't know what even want to remotely think how that pans mm. out. But it, it it's so worrying, isn't it? And in, I know it's people are just so bored, you know, sick to the back teeth of it. But we've got to be so careful in the way that we approach these things now, from a logistical sense. You know, if we can't if we can't get it done properly, and it's safety of players and safety of people, and people have got Christmas coming up, and yeah, mate, it just doesn't bear thinking about if this really gets gets a hold, does it? No, of course. And actually, I saw the, the club put out a statement on the new government plan B regulations and what it means for match days. I haven't actually digested it because I was either at an airport or yeah. in a pub. So I don't know if you've had a chance to read it. I imagine it's your fairly bog standard. You need to do your lateral flows before the game. Yeah, I think if it's not implemented already, we will all need to have a negative test from that day or within 24 hours before a match day going forwards. If that's not implemented, I think it's being discussed as being implemented. So... It's I think it something was... I'm willing to do. Um, and if yeah, it's yeah. as minimal as that, then I can tell you for free, it's, it's not anywhere near half the hassle we've had for Castro. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll do that in my sleep now. I think it was um, for events above 10,000, you've got to have either a show of double vaccination or a lap flow. So I'm not sure. So I... I You've always got to do your proof of double vaccination. I think it's a case of now they still want a negative test anyway because right. of the new variant, because the current right. vaccination doesn't necessarily protect you from Omicron or however yeah. you say it, um, yeah. because it's like a mutated version of it, which hasn't been tested and included in the vaccine. So it's like a new version. I don't even know. It's probably worth calling it a different disease to, yeah. to COVID so, or a different virus to COVID. 
Um, anyway, don't know about you. That's enough COVID traps. Yeah, we're absolute doomsday, aren't we? What, a, what, a, what a <laughs> Because I've just had the most yeah. brilliant weekend and I'm on my come down now and you're just making it worse. I know. Well, I'm, I've been sort of been on the come down for three days. So I've been having foam over it. But yeah, what an absolute, <laughs> true. What, true. What an absolute, I'll let you have this one. What an absolutely miserable thing to talk about. Jesus Christ. Hope it all gets fixed soon. This episode is brought to you by Short and Sweet Bakery, run by massive Quinns fan and friend of the podcast, Nikki Green. Nikki sounds out over half a kilo of brownies by next day courier delivery anywhere in mainland UK if it's ordered by noon, Monday to Thursday. The last day of pre-Christmas orders is Tuesday the 21st of December. Visit her website, www.shortandsweetbakery.com. Use the code PODCAST15 for 15% off. Will they get you through the uh, Castro hangover? <laughs> you know what? This is actually my hangover breakfast right now. It's absolutely sensational. <laughs> um, if you're a local business owner and, of course, a Harlequins fan, drop us a DM to see how you can rent this space too. Back to the rugby. In other news, we'll move away from, starting from Castro as your trophy in the background there deflate, deflates further and keeps stacking. <laughs> Keep it's a shame we away. don't do a YouTube version anymore. This would be I know. Quite, quite hilarious viewing. We did actually have a, a double winning weekend this week, and it was a proper, proper this, double winning weekend. Uh, our brilliant women's side beating big rival Saris in the duel down at Stonex Stadium. On their own turf. 36-17 on the road. And that is... I mean, it That's was something. A, it was such a big win. It was such a big win. There were some mind-blowing performances from some of them i managed to watch sort of into this into the last 10 minutes of the first half and the majority of the second half um and yeah they were they were fantastic i don't know how much you you probably didn't watch any of it because you were doing whatever but did you see any sort of stuff coming through on social media and anything yeah definitely mate we actually it was really there was a really nice moment and I, I don't know if anyone got it on camera um because it would be quite a nice social clip at some point but as we were leaving the pub and we began our 25 minute walk to the stadium as a mass crowd of Quinns fans probably about 30 of us at that point which is brilliant people are wearing their Quinns blazers Wendy and family had theirs on and they're not like the older version of the Quinns blazer with the stripes, they're the newer one, and they look sensational. I really want to get my hands on a, a jacket, and it can be my European away day jacket. It was brilliant. But as we were doing that walk, somebody managed to clock onto the score, word was going around, cheers were going up, everybody was buzzing with the result because I couldn't get my head around how we'd just gone to Saris given the start of the season that we've had, and we've we fully turned them over, put them under yeah. the pump big time, which is massive. But I don't know about you, just looking at our squad on paper this week, I just had such a confident feeling just from seeing Sarah Beckett and Rachel Burford yeah. getting consistent game time again, having come back from injuries at the start of the year. I didn't watch the game because obviously I was in a different country. You say you caught bits of it. Yeah. Is it as simple as we are a completely different team with those two involved? I'm guessing the answer is no, because the highlights I've seen on social have been... Emily Scott's try. Yeah. Other players, not just Sarah Beckett and Rachel Burford. All of our squad just turned up and did a job. Is it as simple as those two being back in and it influences everybody else? Some players just have that aura about them. I don't know about that, but the absolute star of the show was Jade Conkle. She mm. was mega. Absolutely mega, mega. In the carry, I think she scored twice. Just the power was incredible. And I think... Um, they mentioned it on commentary. I think she'd been away with a fire service playing 
Okay. Um, very admirable playing rugby for the women's fire, fire service. I don't know if someone needs to fact check me on that. I'm pretty sure that's what it was, but a few of our women's players do that, don't they? Amy yeah, Kane I mean, plays for Amy the Kane's army. A, yeah, exactly. So you know, that's I think that's obviously a common common thread with sort of women's sport and women's rugby, especially. But Jesus Christ, mate, she's unbelievable and like terrifying as well. Like properly, like big tatted, <laughs> like heavily tatted left arm and like monster in the carry. Like it was everywhere. Tackle him. Um, there was one really horrible moment actually in the second half where somebody went into a carry. We're about 10 yards off their line and Seb Beckett's like on the side of where the breakdown's going to end up and someone falls and lands on their knee Ooh. and she lets, lets out this massive scream. A little bit like with, you know, with um, when we played Bath at home and it was Abano sort of goes yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can think, you, you fear the worst immediately and then eventually sort of after four or five minutes of treatment gets up and moves around and you think, okay, maybe I'm okay. And I was watching going, oh my God, just go off because you don't put yourself through it. Like, we saw what happened to Abano. It tried to replay and ends up getting a proper, you know, ACL, PCL, MCL, whatever it was. I was like, no, it just takes off. But maybe it's just like an initial shock and actually then finish the game. Um, but yeah, it was incredible. Um, oh my God, I'm just looking at the team now. Sorry oh no, to interrupt. I'm, no, full of rock stars. I'm literally about to go through it as well. You go from, oh my you know, God. Cornborough, Cocaine, Shauna Brown, England, that's a full international front row. That's Rosie Gallingham's played for England. Fee Fletcher's world class. Jade Conkle was immense. Emily Play Robinson, Emily Robinson, I believe, from people that I've spoken to, is going to be the next big thing <laughs> on oh, the really? back row of England. Nice. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I, sp- I spoke to Sarah Beckett about a few weeks ago, and Beckett was like Robinson's class. So, you know, Sarah Beckett, um, Lucy Packer's made her debut for England this yeah. in the, this in the autumn. Emily she's Scott, pushed her way ahead of Emma Swords now, hasn't she? For Queens, exactly. Burford Tweema, Cal Kildun, you know that speaks yourself. But yeah, that backline is just different gravy. And, and it hasn't even got Jeff Breach in it. Uh, exactly, you know. But oh my god! I mean, away from sort of the result. Obviously, we haven't been fully firing this year. They've had some tough results. Um, Dave Rogers, we obviously spoke to during the week, and he said they he reckons that's the best performance they've had since Gerard Mullen took over. Really? Um, and then now, yeah, he said it was that good. And they've now played 8-1-6. Um, Saracens have played 8-1-7. Bristol have played 8-1-7. Yeah, it's so tight at the top now. I would look at last season and it was sort of a two-horse race between us and Saris. Look at the top of that league now. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, Bristol and Saris almost identical. It's also just the bonus points that separates them. Played 8-1-7, lost one. Um, we're nestled in there in third. 29 points and Wasps in fourth on 26, which makes the next Ooh. game a big game so big. And obviously the men have got Northampton, which is going to be a massive game in itself. But that mm. that battle... Two top floor clashes. Two top four clashes. And that battle for the Allianz Premier, Premier 15s, oh man, it makes that result against Saracens now so, so, so Doesn't important. It? When a, you beat a team a, above you like that as well, with such an emphatic win away at their place. Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. And also, as you say, big game is normally just a Christmas spectacle, but we've got I know. two playoff clashes, don't we? So that's enormous. I know. I mean, how good how good is that? When we spoke about it a while ago and when we first found out the news, and obviously it's gonna be on BT Sports, gonna be on TV. So mm-hmm. those that aren't going to the game can obviously watch it as well. But yeah. yeah, having a proper, proper top four clash, league points on the line, and what a time to be doing it. A little bit of form just off the back of a big win against some of the best teams in the country. So, yeah, that's going to be class. And obviously, we've been saying it for weeks now. I'm buzzing to get in the ground early, get stuck into a few beers. and Your Champions Cup beer funnels through the flag. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm all in for it. I'm all in for it. After this this weekend, big game's going to be a bit of a full send for me, especially because I've got a bit of work to do between now and then. So we've already started Cardiff away conversations as well. I know. 14th of January. I've put the Friday off. <laughs> I meant to, I meant to be doing Bath as well away on the 28th. Yeah, end of the month, isn't Jan. it? Yeah, yeah, I meant to be doing that as well. So are you I doing that get... one? I'd, I'd well, love I meant to, to do that one, but I just don't think I can afford three big away days in two months. Oh, I think if I do it, it won't be a big away day. It'll be more the couple of mates just sort mm. of doing the game, doing the game as it is, and then hopefully rush back on the on the Friday night afterwards. So I need to. Have uh, you been to the wreck before? Never been to the wreck. No, it's no, just neither have I. Do. That's the appeal for me. They've so, got a yeah. nice spa down there. Maybe I'll just completely rip up what an away day is supposed to be. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if you can hear my voice right now. I'm, well, well, I'm seriously struggling. I've well, completely so lost go, my um, voice. I've got no water go. in my body anymore. I'm severely dehydrated. I've got no nutrients. I've had no sleep. And I don't want to sign up to another away day, Mike. You think you mean you go cucumber on the eyes in Bath Spa? I think we go to Bath and we have a spa head. day. Yeah, nice. Well, I bet I there's a few that... people listening to this to be well up for that as well. Yeah, probably. I haven't had my nails done in a while. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> no, but look, we'll, um, we'll sort of, we'll think about wrapping up here, but obviously I'll let you do the, uh, do the thank you. So what has obviously been an amazing weekend. Um, hopefully everything in the world seems right. And the train continues into this weekend against Cardiff. I've got my old man coming up against, uh, coming up to scoop this weekend. So obviously you had, you had dad out in there in Cardiff. I've got my old man coming up for, for this weekend. So and obviously, he's, he's, he's got binned off the last couple of weeks with sports. He's meant to have the Brighton tickets yeah. cancelled. So he's really looking forward to it. Bringing my stepmom <laughs> step up as well. They're sitting in a few, a few rows just behind us. So I'm really looking forward to it. We've not been in there for a while. I'll let you do the, uh, do the thank yous and the out, the, uh, the, Top, goodbyes to what, the goodbyes to what's been a fairly cool weekend for you. Go on, mate, take it away. Oh, it's been phenomenal. And there's no words I can say right now that will ever do it justice, but it's been one of the best away day experiences I've ever had. One of, one of the best away day experiences we've ever had. Everybody that was out there. Massive thanks to everybody that was out there. There was a particular group of people who, who we spent a lot of time with who made our trip so much better. So Austin, Harvey, Woodley, Will, Tom, Danny, Kit, Will Humphreys and his brother and, and Nikki and Hillary, and then of course Wendy and her family as well. The mighty Quinn's Blazers clan. Um, it was a hell of a trip. I'm never going to forget it and I cannot wait to do many, many more. So let's get Cardiff books in the diary and, and let's get planning for that one. But until then, we've got a couple of huge fixtures. We've got the European Cup continuing at home and then we go across the road to the big steep for the big one, the big game. So Thank you so much for listening. I hope my voice has been bearable. Mike, I hope you can cope with another couple of days of me telling you all the stories and hopefully my voice will recover by the end of it. But thanks again and uh, we'll see you next week. Come on, you Quins. Well done, mate. Cheers, everyone.